You're listening to episode 12. Hey there, Business Generals family. Welcome to another super episode of the Business Generals podcast where I feature amazing guests and I ask in-depth questions about their entrepreneurial journey. You know, my belief is that it doesn't matter how your journey in life started. It's not that important because great or small, the important thing is how you finish. So whatever your situation today, I want you to know that you can get your hopes up, that you are good enough to chase your dreams. In today's show, family, I dig into how it all started for our feature guests, how they have built their brand, and I even get into all the juicy details about their big challenges, their growth moments, and all their big breakthroughs. So it's going to be an amazing show. I actually selfishly started this podcast because I love to hear how entrepreneurs did it, and I wanted to ask the questions for myself. So really... I am the number one student, so get ready for amazing coaching tips, family, to help you maximize your business dreams. Welcome and thank you for joining me here on the Business Generals Podcast, where I chat with amazing entrepreneurs five days a week. Davis Mutawa here, your host. Super excited to bring you today's feature guest, Miss Lisa Woodruff. Lisa, are you ready to share your entrepreneurial story today? I'm ready, Davis. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Lisa is a professional organizer from Cincinnati, Ohio. She has helped thousands of women reclaim their homes and finally get organized with practical tips, encouragement, and humor. And Lisa also runs a wonderful podcast and a blog through Organize365.com. Lisa, thanks for joining me here. Uh, I'd love to welcome you to the show. Before we talk business, perhaps just take 30 seconds to tell us who is Lisa Woodruff and uh, what do you do? Well, I'm a professional organizer by trade now, and I'm in my 40s, but all throughout my life, I have been an entrepreneur seeking out how I can solve problems for people, analyzing different situations and trying to bring solutions to the marketplace. By trade, I'm a teacher, and I am a wife and mother to two children, not a wife to the children, a wife to Greg, (laughs) and a mother to a 16-year-old boy and a 15-year-old girl, and we have a new puppy, Hunter, who's 18 months. Fantastic. Now, you've said you've been in business uh, pretty much all your life, but um, when did you go full-time for yourself? So I went full-time into the Organized 365 brand and as a professional organizer in January of 2012, so almost five years ago. That's awesome. And and Lisa, what are your core um, revenue pillars in your business today? Well, as you know, in online business, that is always changing. But right now, it's about half in-home organizing in Cincinnati where we go in and we are the magic wand that gets waved and all of a sudden the house is organized. And about half online where I teach people online how to organize their home and become more organized through different um, books, ebooks, online programming, coaching. Right. So who's your main customers? Who's your target client? You know, it really is, and this is too big of a of a target, I know, but it is women who are between 24 and 87 years old, but it is women who are ready to take back their house or going through some kind of a transition. So it's when, you know, you get that bug that you really want to get organized or you've tried to get organized before and it hasn't worked. I really come at it from a different perspective that... Life goes through four phases, and as you transition from one phase of life to the next, you get unorganized, and you need a new kind of organization to go into each phase of life. And I could tell you what those phases are if you'd like. Go ahead, yeah. Okay, so 
My new book called The Mindset of Organization, as a professional organizer, I organize little girls and people moving into nursing homes, like the whole gamut. And what phase of life, you actually use the spaces in your home differently. So the kitchen is used differently in all four phases of life. And I've named these childhood, which is 7 to 21. That's when you're organizing your bedroom. The accumulation stage is 21 to around 40. That's when you're accumulating spouses and houses and kids and jobs and everything that goes with those. And then um, the survival years are from 40 to 55. And the reason why I call them the survival years is because you're never at home. Like you're always in the car. You're working. Your kids are usually school aged at that point. And that's also the time of life where you usually have some span in there where you're taking care of your parents or a really close relative who has gotten ill or passed away and you have some kind of tragedy that you are in charge of. And then 55 plus is the downsizing and legacy phase. Very good. So very specific, um, different seasons of life, I guess. Um, that's, that's fantastic. Um, that's an interesting field. Um, how did you find yourself in there? Well, I was um, a teacher and I did some entrepreneurial things from home, a couple direct sales businesses. And in December of 2011, I had to quit most of the jobs I was doing and come home and give some extra care and attention to my kids and our family. And it was the end of a really long, rough transition for me from the accumulation to the survival years. My father had passed away. Um, he had been sick for a year and then he passed away and I was the executor of that estate. We had to sell our family home. There's just a lot of transition going on. I was turning 40 that year. And I realized that I just needed to be home and I needed to put all of my energy into one business. And that was going to be organizing. And how did you get started there? So I started by, I, I had been watching blogging for about six years. I'd been watching it for three years. I'd had a blog that I didn't really do very much with for a couple of years. I mean, it was an active blog and I knew how to run a blog, but I wasn't, I wasn't a hundred percent passionate about what I was talking about. It was about, um, you know, parenting. And I didn't really want our whole parenting story online or to monetize that. So I thought, well, I understand the online business world. What what could I talk about every day for the next 30 years and never get tired of talking about? And that was organizing. So I started with a blog. That's interesting. So you just went out online. Um, did you get a physical presence at all? So in the beginning, you were providing a, 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 an actual physical service, right? Yes. So I started to organize 365 as a blog. I had followed enough and I knew I wanted to organize as one of the keywords in my name. And I knew to blog. So I blogged about taking back my house. My house was a complete disarray. Like every drawer was a junk drawer. I, I had sippy cups in the cabinets and my kids were, you know, in grade school. It was ridiculous. So I started by organizing my house and blogging about it. And I was also representing a direct sales company and doing home parties. And the parties were huge. Like there'd be 19, 22, 25 people crammed into people's houses, you know, for these organizing products. And I've been doing direct sales for 20 years. I mean, I'd never seen parties this big. So I finally asked my hostess, I said, why is everybody here? <laughs> you know, I know it's nothing I'm saying. And she said, well, Lisa, everybody wants to know what a professional organizer has to say. And I didn't realize that's what I was. So in April of 2012, that's when I, I, I had been paid to organize people's houses and I did not realize that's what I was doing. I did not realize I was in that profession. 
Um, that's very interesting. So talk to me about the first client you got. Was this from your home party kind of business or from that different arrangement? Yes, it was from the home parties. At the end, people would say, oh, yeah, that's great. That's great. You have these products, and I understand what you have to say, but can you just do it for me? So the first clients I had, I worked with clients much differently then than I do now. I didn't have the confidence. I didn't know anybody who was a professional organizer at that time other than what you see on TV. So I would just book two-and-a-half-hour sessions, and I would go in. It was mostly stay-at-home moms that I worked with at that time. I would go there for two-and-a-half hours while my kids were at school. I would charge them $100, and we'd organize one small space, like a kitchen pantry or their closet or their kids' playroom. And slowly, over time, we would get their house organized with them just paying me $100 every couple of weeks. I would keep going back. Now, our team goes in and we'll organize a whole house in a matter of a couple of days. We're in, we're out, the whole entire house is organized. Very good. Look, my wife is an interior decorating and design, so do you end up going into different aspects of maybe deco and design as well, or mainly just putting things back into order and giving people that space back. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up. I have two team members. One is analytical like me. She's an engineer. She has three kids in the span of, I think, four or four and a half years. So she understands the families that have lots of kids. And then my other organizer is an interior decorator like your wife. And so she is always, you know, making things look cute. She's great when we're trying to put a house up for sale. Like she knows exactly where to put things. We'll get in the car after a job and she'll say, wow, did you see the color paint in that living room? And I was like, that house had color? Because like for me, the whole house is black and white. But if you ask me where anything in that house is, I could tell you exactly where it is because I have a photographic memory. I just don't see the color like she does. So I think those two dovetail very nicely into a professional organization business. I don't have that gift. But what we've noticed with Carol is that when she does do decorating services, we bill them separately and she does it under her own business name because the process is very different. So if you're doing uh, organization and you charge dollar per hour, which is the same as she does for her interior design, when you're organizing, you're organizing. Like you're talking and asking questions, but you're physically organizing while you're doing it. With decorating, there's a lot of thinking that goes on, a lot of researching, a lot of finding pictures and figuring out what aesthetic the client wants. And it's not as quick and quantifiable. So if you're billing, and, and they're billed the same, but if we mix them into one session, then, then the client's like, oh, we didn't get very much organized. Or they think, that was a lot of money for decorating because they don't see them as two complete separate services. So in Organize 365, we keep them separate, but I do think that they are very commingled. What was your marketing strategy or your growth strategy at the beginning? You know, <laughs> try everything. <laughs> Isn't that what everybody does? Uh, so funny. Now, now that I've been in business five years, I finally uh, just last week was went to a conference and worked with a mastermind. And I was like, you know what? I have literally tried ev everything. Like you can name something. I have tried it. And I think there's value in that. One, I know what works and what doesn't work for me and for my audience. And two, you know, I could say I, I tried everything. So what works best for me all three years is always speaking. Like if I'm speaking at a home party, if I'm speaking on a podcast, if I'm speaking in my podcast, if I'm speaking at an event, if I'm meeting people in person at a networking event, I do well with speaking. And I can translate that into written word as well. But I think people connect with me most when they hear me speaking. So how did you initially get that started off versus today? 
Yeah, I was with a direct sales company, so I was doing home-based parties, so I was making those connections one-on-one, and I also joined a couple networking groups here in Cincinnati, and I would go to those meetings every month and meet all of the people in the room. So it was, again, that one-on-one, but I had that blog where I was growing my SEO, growing that Google juice, and if you blog about your business, it's a journey that you go on, and you could see the things that are uniquely you developing over time. So last year, I had a 1,000 posts on my blog, and I went through and I eliminated more than half of them because they were the journey of how I got to where I am today, and I tried writing posts about organizing all kinds of things. But the thing I'm an expert at and really resonates with me and my audience is organizing your home and organizing your paper. And everything that was not about those two topics, I deleted. Um, And how are you generating your leads today? So today, um, they come from the blog. I'll get my in-home professional organizing leads almost always come through the contact form on my blog. And I grow my audience through the podcast. They listen to the podcast or they read the blog posts, but I like podcasting better so my blog posts aren't coming out as frequently as they used to. And then they join the Facebook community where we talk back and forth and I give them a weekly challenge and then they segue into some kind of a paid membership with me. Okay. So could you just take a moment just to walk me through that funnel again? So I I read your blog. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or listen to the podcast. Usually it's a podcast. I would say most of them are the podcast because here's the problem for women who are organizing, at least in the United States. They feel less than. They feel like they should know how to do this without somebody telling them. Like they should be born organized. And if they weren't born organized, then there's no hope for them. And in my podcast, I'm very transparent about how everyone gets disorganized. I get disorganized. And there's a lot of shame and guilt that goes with not having a picture-perfect, party-ready house all of the time. And nobody has a party-ready house all of the time. Trust me. So I talk about, you know, how I got depressed and went on antidepressants, how people who have special needs children don't usually have people over because your house becomes very chaotic and you have to put in such rigid structure. I talk about what happens when you blend families and you move into a house or you move into your spouse's house, but he lived there with his past wife. Like, what do you do about that? It's more like a talk show than it is how to organize your silverware drawer. Mm. So in that podcast, people start to feel like, oh, this is what people tell me. She gets it. She understands. She's not going to judge me. She can help me. And once those walls come down, then they start to hear, okay, I'm in this phase of life. So it makes sense that my old way of organizing isn't working today. Or I have ADHD. And she explained the eight different ways that ADHD affects your brain and executive functioning in home organization. So now I know it's going to be harder for me, but I can do it because I understand why it's harder for me, and I can make it work. And once they trust me, then they're like, okay, here's the next problem I have. And they usually do that by email or through the Facebook group, and then I'll reply either in the Facebook group or email. And if enough people have that question, then I record a podcast episode about it. Sounds amazing. So um, if I'm sitting here in Australia or any, any other part of the world, not local to you, how do you reach out to those people and help coach them through that process if they wanted to become a, perhaps a paid customer after they've listened to your podcast, which is Organized 365? Well, it's so interesting because it was an Australian listener that got me to create the paid program that I have now called the 100-Day Home Organization Challenge. I have a, 
a free organization program. It's 40 Weeks, One Whole House. It was designed for me, an American woman with middle-aged children from Labor Day to Memorial Day, follows the 40 weeks of the school year. And I had a lot of listeners saying, I don't have children. I don't have school-aged children. I really don't care about all those things you keep talking about. Like, I just want to organize me. And people in other parts of the world were saying, you you spend a whole week on organizing the front hall closet. We don't have a, I don't even know what you're talking about. We don't have a front hall closet. Yeah, that's what I mean. So it was an Australian listener who told me that. And I was like, oh, like, because you forget that it's a global podcast, right? Um, so I thought, okay, how could I make something that would be of value to any woman who is 24 to 87 that would organize her in any kind of dwelling in any place in the world. And that was the 100-day challenge. I don't talk about spouses. I don't talk about kids. I don't talk about work. I don't talk about any of that. I just think, okay, if you had a condo in the Alps, you would have a master bedroom. You would have a kitchen. You would have some kind of paper that needs to be stored. You would have some kind of storage area. And I got down to just those areas. Then I um, mapped out, okay, if I was going to do this by coaching, like every day, tell you do this, do this, do this, what order would I have them organize their house? And I decided the kitchen was first. So actually the first whole three weeks are the kitchen. Then master bedroom and we go on to other areas of the house. And so I recorded a two to three minute video of the exact thing I want you to organize in your house, in my house. And then I just give you a 15-minute daily challenge. So it's not a lot of time. It's very specific. It's very teacher-led. It's perfect for those people that say, just tell me what to do. I, I don't need to read the blog and figure it all out. But if you tell me exactly what to do and I'll be organized at the end, that's what I want. And that's the 100-day home organization challenge is. Okay. And where do you run that from? Facebook group, did you say? The membership site is at organize365.com. And then there is a private Facebook group that goes with it. And I would say about 25% of the people are in that group. You get lifetime membership because, you know, people have to organize their house more than once. So once you're in there, you have lifetime membership. And I start the group three times a year. So you can jump in January 1st or on Memorial Day or on Labor Day. Okay. From a strategy perspective, question for an entrepreneur who is looking to maybe model some of the pieces that you've just shared. How does um, opening and closing your group coaching group work for you and why did you choose that option? Well, I am just uh, this January doing the where I close the cart, so to say, that you can only join these three times. But what I notice is people are ready to get organized in January or if they're school teachers, they want to organize over the summer here in the United States, or they want to get organized when they send their kids back to school on Labor Day. And so those are the three times when people naturally join the group, and people really don't join anywhere else in the middle. And so that's why I'm opening and closing the cart, just so that we don't have these people that join midway, and they're on day 42, and they want to start on day one. It just makes it easier. And I'm in that Facebook group every day, so then I can keep encouraging them. And I, I do about three to five Facebook Live videos a week, depending on what week it is, to keep them motivated and encouraged. And, you know, it's all it's all fun when you sign up. <laughs> it's not fun when I say, okay, try on all the pants in your closet. And they go, oh, I hate her. <laughs> try on all. Tell me about that. Try on all the pants in your closet, because maybe I might need to do that myself. So, you know, a lot of times when you hear about get organized, it's go organize your master closet. 
that's overwhelming to a lot of people. So it takes, in this group, I've de- dedicated a whole week to your master closet, and one day is pants. And women don't like to try on pants. So you have to go in and try on all the pants in your closet. And then the next day you do shirts, and then the next day sweaters. So I kind of chunk it for you, like I did when I was a teacher with my students, chunking the activities. You're like, okay, I can do this. I can go try on all the pants. And I did this with my husband as well. <laughs> I organized um, his part of the closet. I'm like, come on, people pay me to do this. Like, this is my profession. Let me organize the closet with you. I did it just like I do with my um, clients. So I would empty out the closet and I would have him trying things on and moving him through as fast as possible, like you would do with a teenager. So he wouldn't lose interest as we were going through his closet. But nobody wants to try on their clothes, you know? And, and what's the end goal? Well, the end goal is to only have in your closet what you look great in and feels great on your body. Very interesting. I love this. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit. Um, fear of failure holds a lot of people back from entrepreneurship. What's been your key moment of failure or a point where you just wanted to walk away from your entrepreneurial journey since you went full-time? You know, I think it is so easy to fail, and we fail so often, especially as online entrepreneurs, because the game is constantly changing. Like, you think you finally figured out Facebook, and then all of a sudden they only show your posts to like 5% of your people. Or you finally put all of your effort into something else, and then the game gets changed. So I fail like all the time, like daily. But what helps me going forward is I think, okay, I checked that off the box. I've tried that. What's the next thing I can try? And for me, I finally realized that whenever I try something new that is not where I'm using my voice to meet my community, I usually am not successful. So the next thing I'm going to be starting are webinars. And I know they will be successful because I'm a teacher and people like to connect with me through my voice. So that is a great thing for me to put my time and effort into. I have bought the courses on Facebook ads. I've created the Facebook ads. I've watched everything. I've set them up. I've tried very few of them, and they're not successful for me because that is not how I connect best with my audience. So I need to stop putting that time and effort into that because that's not my best gift. So um, would you say there's been a moment where you wanted to give up? Oh, yes. You know, my third year in business was when I started making a profit. And at the end of that year, I realized that I had no net take-home pay, even though the business was very profitable. There was a great gross revenue at the end of the year. And I had no net profit. I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, I've had no net profit because I was starting or because I didn't know what I was doing. But year three, I knew what I was doing and I was making money. And I didn't have a net profit because I had grown a team that was too big. Like, I love having teams and employing people. And so all the business that came in, I would delegate out to a team. And I grew my team too big. So I had to scale back the team and become more of a solo type entrepreneur, even though I have a team, just not as big of a team as I thought I needed to go forward. Right. And so, so there's always this question, right? You know, you're like, I could just go back and teach and make, I don't know what teachers over there, but how do you, how do you, how do you just um, not go back when you're in the, in the, in the pits and you know, there's, there's lots of responsibility on your shoulders. Yeah, you know, being a professional organizer is a very lucrative business. Like if I just did it just by myself, I probably could have a six-figure business. But the thing that stops me from doing that is that I have this 
mission to not just help a couple of women, but to really reach the women of the world with this message that you do not have to be born organized. It is a skill that you learn. You have to go through four different phases of organization over your life. You're not less than. You can do this, and I can help. And I really, really want to change the discussion in the professional organization ideal for women away from there is a perfect solution. There isn't. There, There is no perfection. You're not going to achieve, you know, a magazine worthy house. I don't have one, but you can live a more organized life. You could feel more organized and I want more women to be empowered that way. Mm. Um, what was your biggest breakthrough moment in your business? What happened then? I think it was um, early on in my career, I thought when I was growing my professional organization business that I was going to be the expert and that people would need me, you know, because I'm born organized and you're not, and that I would keep going back over and over again. I just needed to get, uh, you know, so many clients that needed me on a regular basis. Well, what happens is the clients were getting organized, like on their own. Like I would get them started and they'd call and cancel after a couple of sessions and say, oh, I can do the rest on my own. I'm like, how can you do the rest on the own? You couldn't, you couldn't do it in the beginning. And that's when I realized that they were learning the skill of organization. So once I realized it was a teachable event, I didn't realize that at first. It took me probably 12 to 18 months to realize it was a skill that I could teach. And once I realized that, I thought, okay, this is, this is a much bigger opportunity than I realized because I can create an online program. It took me a few years to figure out what that program will be how I can make it actually work for people so that they could actually take the action of the first steps on their own. And if I didn't have that service-based business where I did the physical organization of hundreds of those homes, I would not have been able to make an online program that would actually work. I like that. That's very interesting. So initially you went in thinking, if I can't bring it online or, or scale it that in that sense because I would need to be physically going into the different homes all the time but it kind of turned around for you. That's great. Correct. Um, Lisa, how do you rank the following? Faith, fun, family, finances, and friendships. So faith is first for me, and then family is second, and then friendships, and then finances, and fun is last. Isn't that terrible? Like, I am a fun person, I promise. <laughs> but I, um, I just get joy in so many things that I don't consciously think about creating fun events. And that's actually something that I'm going to change because my daughter is kind of challenging me on that. She's like, we don't do enough fun stuff. So I'm trying to figure out how to weave a little bit more fun into our family. Now, Lisa, give us a 30-second look into a day in your life when you started your business versus a day in your life today. So when I started the business, I would spend the majority of my week researching what I wanted to put on the blog or what my thoughts were about organization or getting ready for a networking event and then maybe going to a networking or a sales event once a week. Now I have an assistant that helps me with more of those maintenance type tasks and I'm not doing as much research because now I understand who I am as a professional organizer and the areas that I specialize in. And so I'm able to spend 50% of my time talking to people like you and your audience or out talking to new clients and things like that and growing the business that way. That's awesome. Um, do you invest in mentors? If yes, why? And who are those for you today? So I just started investing in mentors about 12 months ago when I went through and I eliminated 600 of those 1,000 blog posts. I also by then had figured out who I was. And so then I started seeking out mentors about every 90 days. So the first one was I invested in Infusionsoft. 
And that comes with a coach that teaches you how to do Infusionsoft. And then the next spring, I worked with Erica Duran, and she worked on my mindset. I had some mental blocks I didn't realize I had, and she helped me with those. And then I joined Chris Ducker's Upreneur community. And just recently, I went to a day-long mastermind event with him with five other Upreneur members, which was amazing. And then I also invested in the self-publishing school class with a coach, and I produced my book in 75 days. Wow. Tell me about your book. So the book is called The Mindset of Organization, Take Back Your House, One Phase at a Time. I wrote it in June of 2016, and then we spent a lot of time editing it and getting it formatted in a professional cover. And it was released August 2016, and it is an Amazon number one bestseller in two categories. Congratulations. Thank you. What formats are you distributing that through? Right now, it is in paperback and in Kindle, and then in early 2017, it will be in Audible. Did you ever um, imagine yourself as being an author throughout your life, or was this something pretty new? <laughs> you know, it's funny. When I was a kid, I, I talked a lot. Imagine that. And I asked my mom a bunch of questions, and she said, what are you doing? Writing a book? And then... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then in 2006, um, one of the kids that went to school, uh, preschool with my son, they moved to Nashville because he was going to become the vice president of sales for Tommy Nelson Publishing. And I said to his wife, well, you know, the church curriculum that the boys are in together, I wrote that. So Tommy Nelson published my church curriculum in 2006. So I was published by a publisher then. And then in 2016, I self-published The Mindset of Organization. Wow. And how did you feel when your books came home or, you know, had your first hot copy? Oh, it was amazing. When I published with Tommy Nelson, it was great. My mom sent me these really cool custom cookies, and my dad came down for my book signing. and It was super, super fun. And then when I published the Mindset Organization, I ordered the books in. You know, I had 100 books. And I was trying to explain to my husband, I'm like, okay, you know, we're number 21. We're number 18 on Amazon's bestseller. And he's like, whatever. So at work today, I'm like, hey, hey. Like, this is a big deal. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've published so many books because I have a lot, a lot of e-books. I'm like, no, this is a big deal, Greg. This is a, this is about organization. This is like, and it went to number one, um, both when it was free and when it was not free. And he's like, yeah, but you write all the time. Like, it's really not that big of a deal. I'm like, hey, I should be getting flowers and more attention. And he was like, whatever. So <laughs> everyone online was very supportive and encouraging. And thank you again if you bought one of the books and got us to number one where we still are in those categories, but my husband was like over it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, best two books that are must-reads for entrepreneurs side-by-side side with your book? Okay, The E-Myth Revisited, which I'm sure some of your other guests have mentioned by Michael Gerber, is a great book. And then I'm going to give you one you may not have heard of called Generations. Have you heard of that one? No. Okay, it's called Generations by Neil Howe and Strauss, and they are American authors, and they talk about all of the generations in America since right before the Revolutionary War. So I don't have the title in front of me, but I think it's like 1584 to 19, or 2060 or something like that. So they talk about all of the American generations and how that impacts the world and how those generations cycle through over and over again. So here in the United States, we had the Great Recession in 2008. It's not a surprise that that happened 80 years after 
you know, the um, Great Depression of 1929. And I think even Australian author uh, people would, they follow that same cyclical time frame. So I think it would be very beneficial. But the more I look into generations in history and what has happened before really helps me in business, but it also helps me in understanding how different generations look at their stuff, how they view their houses, and why the baby boomers have more stuff than the millennials and how to get those generations talking together and understanding each other's perspectives. I love that. Now, Lisa, what is the best way for people to connect with you? So the best way for you to connect with me is just go to organize365.com slash start. Awesome. And we'll have that in the show notes. Um, before I ask my last question, Lisa, I just want to acknowledge you for everything you're doing in the marketplace, um, all the lives that you're impacting and transforming for pursuing your dreams. And in turn, um, that is helping others do the same. And right here on this show for pouring out your wisdom, um, I love all the different things that you've been able to share and inspire our community with. So I just wanted to thank you for that. And um, now for the last question, Lisa, when all is said and done, what legacy do you want to leave and be remembered for? And tell us why. Well, first of all, Davis, thank you for having me on your show. I just love to meet new communities and new podcasters. and I just love this medium. So thank you so much for having me on your show. Welcome. And I think about legacy a lot, especially when you're organizing people's storage rooms. We put in our storage room memories that we want to preserve and pass on to the next generation. And so I guess I'm going to challenge your um, audience to go in their storage room and find something that they're holding on to pass on to the next generation and pull it out of that storage room and share it with people. And that's the legacy that I want to leave. I want people to enjoy the memories that they're saving with their families and not just save them for the next generation, but to actually pull them out, share them at the holiday times, relive those memories together and, you know, really use the stuff that they're saving as a conduit to sharing memories with their family and not just putting it in a box for later. That's um, very powerful. I have never had anybody share that. So I, um, I appreciate that. And uh, I think back, you mentioned, you know, you lost your dad um, a number of years ago. I lost mine um, probably 10, 12 years ago um, when I was probably just in my late 20s or something like that. Um, so one of the memories I have is um, a very nice uh, Bible that I use. Um, it's a big one, so I generally keep it at home. But uh, but every time I open it, I find his old notes in there. So so that's a powerful thing. Um, mm. So thanks for sharing that. I'm so sorry. Thank you. No, that's cool. Uh, thank you. Um, that was an amazing interview, Lisa. Uh, I just want to thank you for hanging out with me. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for hanging out with me and Lisa today. I um, hope you had as much fun as I did. But more importantly, my hope is that you can get your hopes up, that you are good enough to chase your dreams just the way Lisa has. And remember to head on over to businessgenerals.com for all the show notes. Just type Lisa in the search bar and her show notes will pop up with everything we talked about today. That's businessgenerals.com. And uh, to reach out to Lisa, please jump on to organize365.com forward slash start, and that's organize with a Z. That's right, Lisa, yeah? Yes, and I just got it with an S today as well for all of my Australian friends. Just for my people down under. Fantastic. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa, thank you so much for being on the Business Generals podcast today and for sharing your story with us. For that, we are grateful you are a true business general. Thanks, Davis. Such a pleasure to talk with you. Hey, what's up, Business Journalist family? Thank you for joining me and for listening to the Business Journalist podcast. Connect with me at Davis Mutabwa. That's D-A-V-I-S-M-U-T-A-B-W-A. 
connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn. And you can certainly find me at our podcast blog, businessjournals.com. And while you're there, remember to access all the show notes, a ton of free resources, killer training, and so much more. Love you guys. Thank you for joining me. Ciao.